We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I'm at a loss, dude. This is the gut reaction. This is the time for us to let the hormones flow, baby. You know, get it out, right? Exercise the demon. Where are you at on those those subjects? I had two thoughts when I saw the final sequence there. My first thought was, what the hell just happened? Because how did Devontae Adams, of all people, get so wide open? My second thought was fire Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, he gives up play calling duty, Chad, in the bombshell before the game today. And we both have said if you make him remove the one facet of his ability that you hired him for, what's the point of keeping him around? It's an admission that he failed as a play caller, pretty much failed as a head coach, and nothing can spark this Denver team. They are in for rock bottom, getting swept by the Raiders for yet another year to Josh freaking McDaniels to lose like that, to jump out to another 10-0 lead, but another game where the Broncos had a goose egg in the third quarter. It's more of the same from the 2022 Broncos. They do not know how to win a football game, but they are finding new ways to lose every single week. Now 0-3 in overtime this season for what it's worth. Deanna, thank you. Jumping in early with a top rope super chat. Thank you, Deanna. We love you. We appreciate you, Deanna. Thank you so much. Seriously. She says they look better with Clint Kubiak, the quarterback's coach, calling the play. Still, Hackett needs to be fired. Hashtag MHH for life. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit real quick about the offense because, Zach, the offense did look more naturally geared to Russ. Russ did look more comfortable. Now, that's not to say it was like some, you know, uh, mighty – change of heart it's not like they went from zero to 60 here we're talking about small uh small steps forward but I thought Russell Wilson did look more comfortable I thought the offense seemed to be a little bit more aware of itself presence of mind knowing what its strengths its weaknesses are but as soon as the Raiders took away that little outlet pass on the check down Kubiak and Wilson seemed to kind of lose answers that they, they couldn't find a way to uh make hay yeah, it's been the case the entire year and you know what they might have looked a little better Russell Wilson a little more comfortable uh, I do like the th- quick three stri- step drops not a lot of long developing plays like under Hackett but the result is still the same they still lost another game they couldn't crack the 20 point club they even did it last time against the Raiders couldn't do it this time um, so the incremental improvements are okay when it's week two and week three when you're maybe one and one whatever but when you're three and six and you're still making those cataclysmic errors, <laughs> Melvin Gordon fumbling yet again. If he's not cut tomorrow, you have to wonder what dirt, what emails, what naughty photographs does Melvin Gordon have on George Payton or someone in the Broncos front office? Once those 
uh, th- those snowballs start rolling, a fumble, a penalty, anything negative, they can overcome it. And the defense can only hold up for so long. It has literally been the story of every Broncos game this year, at least the losses. Silent One, thank you for the super chat. Yeah, he's uh, Silent One says, please fire George Payton first. Scotty J says, again, the game went downhill as soon as Melvin fumbled. Keep him out of the stadium. It's true. You felt the tide shift, even though Denver recovered and then it led to the blocked kick, right? That should have been a touchdown drive. They were right there. That that screwed it all up. He's bad luck for this team. Melvin Gordon is bad luck. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that, big dog. Really, we do. Uh, Jess saying, show hack at the door now, please. Zach, how realistic is it for fans entering Thanksgiving week to get their hopes set on the Broncos ripping the Nathaniel Hackett Band-Aid off? I just don't see the point of keeping him around. I know the the end of the year mercifully is right around the corner, but when you make him give up play-calling duties and cede his power on the offense pretty much to somebody else in Clint Kubiak, I think it's an admission, again, that he failed, and it may be a waving of the white flag from Nathaniel Hackett, who can read the writing on the wall. He can read the room. He might know what's coming in a few weeks. I don't know if he's going to be fired tomorrow. I would rip the Band-Aid off now, get an early jump start on the process, maybe make Kubiak or Capers or Evero interim head coach, and go think about 2023, who you want to bring in, who you want as the leader and the face of the team. Because right now, Chad, they are a rudderless ship in the middle of the ocean. And you know what you do? You use all those dollar-dollar bills and the – the financial might that the Walton Penner group can wield to get the guy here that you want. You know what? If it's Sean Payton, find a way. I mean, they got all, this owner has more money than any owner in the NFL. That's the encouraging part of what could come next is, you know, you are still limited to the rules of the NFL. You're limited to who's actually available to be hired and whatnot, but When you can roll out the checkbook, when you can roll out Zach the Brinks truck for a head coach that you might have your heart set on, that's a a nice feather in the cap. Now, whether George Payton's going to be around to be a part of that process remains to be seen because, you know, John Elway got a lot of guff for, and justifiably so, for hiring Vance Joseph and then uh, Vic Fangio. But George Payton presided over a a guy who has, neither one of those uh, head coaches had a quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett has a quarterback, and he still can't find a way to make hay. So Jonathan says, and thank you for the super chat, bro. What an embarrassing performance, and why did we ever bring Fumble Gordon back in Denver? I blame John Elway for this. Bad decision-making in the draft uh, in terms of QBs taken, not rebuilding after Peyton retired. Hey, they tried. You know, it, it, Just because you tried doesn't mean uh, you, you deserve any um, – any laurels for it, but John Elway did try the old Zach, the uh, traditional rebuild in the form of, Hey, we just won the Super Bowl. Our quarterback rode off into the sunset. We got our coaching staff coming back. We're going to go throw a first round pick on a quarterback in Paxton Lynch. Well, it just so happened though, you made the wrong choice at quarterback and you didn't have the faith and belief and support of your coaching staff when you made that pick. So yeah, John Elway, he made his mistakes, but that's ancient history, bro. Yeah, your point about Elway is something I wanted to talk about when you discussed, um, you know, Elway hiring the wrong head coach or getting a lot of criticism. He, you know, both deserve criticism to an extent for picking the wrong coach if they indeed fire Hackett, because that would be admitting he was the wrong pick. Um, but what Elway didn't do that George Payton has done is refill the cupboards. His eye for scouting, his eye for talent. The the people he's brought into the building are the foundational pieces of the team. The same players you're seeing on the field making positive plays. So that's why I'm reticent extremely to kick George Payton to the curb with Nathaniel Hackett. I understand the Russell Wilson swing and a miss as it stands right now. Nathaniel Hackett, that counts against him, but it's not enough for me to say he needs to go to. I think he deserves and will get one more shot to pick the right head coach and Uh, 2023 will be his audition to keep his job. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Chris Hernandez, a bona fide super chat superstar on our Mount Rushmore here at MHH with a always symbolic on, on a gut reaction game day podcast super chat here. Appreciate you, bro. He says they got to 16 points again, and it was like, that'll do, pig. That'll do. And here's an idea. Please don't leave Devontae Adams open. You know, Patrick Sertan, Zach, he hung tough in that first matchup with Adams. He relinquished a few catches. In coverage with Adams one-on-one, he re- he relinquished a few catches. Adams still had a big day because they don't run man coverage the whole time in Denver, and so he mainly ate in the first matchup when he was not going against Sertan. Today, he kind of owned the second-year dude. Like, Patrick Sertan was not that dominant force, and you needed him to. You needed him to. With all the losses that you've suffered up front, the two D linemen that were backup D linemen in the first place going down, uh, you needed the guys who were your studs and your stars on defense to do what they do best and to to hold up their end of the bargain. You didn't really get that today. Now, I'm not saying, Zach, I'm not trying to indict Patrick Sertan here, okay, but this was not his day. I mean, he's going to have off games. Even Jordan missed shots. You know, Wayne Gretzky missed shots. Uh, Patrick Sertan is only a second-year player, and he's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL. And Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Though I did notice on the first long Devontae Adams play. It wasn't necessarily on PS2. If you watch the replay, and as we'll see in the All-22 film, Kareem Jackson, yeah. once again, late getting over in coverage. Uh, two players on defense that kill them in that area that are uh, big contributing factors to why the Broncos lost today are Kareem Jackson and Josie Jewell. They are good against the run, at least mostly good against the run, but they are god-awful in coverage. That's why the first Adams play, I think, happened. I'm telling you, if you go back and look and pull the pull the tape on any touchdown pass the Broncos have relinquished this season, okay, regardless of distance thrown, right, regardless of it's a five-yarder or a 25-yarder or longer, half of them are going to show Kareem Jackson in coverage, yeah. just not, not there, just not, you know, day late, dollar short. I can't even say almost, just not there. Proud Pharisee. Thank you for the super chats you're throwing down tonight, big dog. He says, Sertan is great, but he is a second-year player who isn't best matched up against twitchy receivers like Adams, but everyone hyped him up to be Champ Bailey. Well, you know, he's – don't take what I – everyone's got their own opinions, right? I'm not trying to blame this loss on Patrick Sertan by, by no means. He's been one of the very, very few consistent bright spots. Today, though, hey, you needed him to to do what he's been doing, and for whatever reason, today wasn't his day. Yeah. 
excuse me, I uh, got choked up for a second. The one thing that Patrick Sertan has not provided is the one thing the Broncos defense is not doing as a whole, and that's creating turnovers. I've been very, very impressed with Evero's defense and maybe the loss of um, Randy Gregory, the turnover machine, or at least the guy who put the most pressure and put players in positions to get turnovers. Him being out has really affected the entire defense. They are technically sound when they're not getting beat over the top. I, I really love the Zero Evero scheme, but you're seeing the lack of turnovers bite the Broncos, especially in close games where you're asking your defense pretty much to win you the ball game. Tough to do when you can't force a takeaway. David Wilder, appreciate you, big dog. Love your profile pic, rocking the MHH shirt. Love it, dude. He says, it was a promising start, but as usual, in the end, the Broncos disappointed me again. It's time to cut bait with this coaching staff. Hashtag gut reaction. I tweeted, Zach, somewhere at the top of the third quarter, this game is taking kind of the same shape as the Titans game, where they got up by a couple of scores, and then in steady increments, collapse, 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 and then it's full collapse. Everything, you know, goes out from under them and they drop. And that's what happened. I mean, to allow a walk-off touchdown in overtime, it's bad enough that you allowed them to get down and score that tying field goal to end the fourth quarter, but to allow a, a touchdown on the opening drive like that in such just incompetent form. See, that's the thing. I think there's a lot to like about Azuro Evero. I think it's justified that he's he's elevated his his profile in the league. I think he's got a bright future, but got a quick crown on this dude. The one thing that his defense has failed to do consistently is chips are down. They make the right plays. They get the takeaway. They get It's kind of Fangio-esque in that yeah. sense. Different in a lot of ways from Fangio in terms of, you know, more better pressure with less guys. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, it's about a wash so far in terms of takeaways. But similar to Fangio, Zach, when the chips are down, you're like, okay, this is where we need a stop or this is where we need a, a momentum swinging turnover or game affecting play, whatever. So far, they've come up short, and we can point to all the millions of excuses, like all the bodies they're missing on defense, all the bodies they're missing on offense, but that was disappointing. Yeah, you know what? It, it is true uh, about Evero that he's not, you know, God's gift to football. He's still a young, growing coach as well who's going to go through ups and downs, but I put some of the blame for the lack of takeaways on the players. You know, Draymond Jones in a contract year, he's been dubbed the Broncos Aaron Donald or the Broncos Jeffrey Simmons, the the anchor of that defensive line. All too often for my money, he's not involved in changing the complexion of a game. That's what I want for my Aaron Donald or Jeffrey Simmons. How about Justin Simmons? Speaking of him, you know, he I know he's maybe okay. injured or I don't know what's going on with him, but he's one of the highest paid safeties in football. When's the last... The Jacksonville game. That's the only time I can think he's made a game-changing play. But when the yeah. chips are down and the Broncos need someone to come up clutch, they get pressure and they'll get a sack every now and then. They'll force a three and out. They'll force a punt to get the football back. But you never see that takeaway. And I call upon the players to have a little more drive and, uh, I guess, ability to get the football back. Jonathan Ward, number two tonight. Thank you, big dog. Means a lot to us. He says, you know what's bad? The three and seven Raiders have three wins, and we are two of them. I feel bad for the people who went to the game. $255 million will hurt us the next uh, four years. Figure this mess out in the offseason, please. Yeah, that's the thing is, Zach, how are you feeling on this? Do you feel like Russell Wilson is washed, or do you feel like he's just not in the right coaching environment for – his skill set you know washed is such a a black and white term to put on a player because they can look washed one week and look like they've hit the fountain of youth the next week I was ready to call Matt Ryan washed then he gets benched and comes back and starts and he looks like a different quarterback I mean uh, it's all about the coaching and the positions that you put them in but I don't think any quarterback Chad young old you know veteran rookie can win under the Broncos circumstances a line that's on backup, backup, backups, you know, receiver uh, core that's decimated, uh, play caller that's just getting his first taste of the duties in Clint Kubiak this year. Hackett couldn't do it, obviously. So until they get those things cleaned up around Russell Wilson, I don't think we should have to answer that question. Russ looked decent today. I mean, he didn't light the world on fire, but I think if you had better circumstances around him, including a running game, by the way, to speak of, you can maybe win some ball games. There was a more obviously concerted push from the coach calling the plays, Clint Kubiak, to stay balanced. 
And I don't just mean that in terms of, of, of the ratio of run to pass plays, although that's part of the equation, but also Zach, not just trying to do everything from out of shotgun going under center. It was good. It was encouraging. It was more balanced. It was more complimentary. It really did seem like it catered better to not just Russell Wilson, but the skill set of this offense and what personnel they have left on the shelf, but it still wasn't good enough. I mean, you look at, by the way, Garth, thank you, buddy. He says MG3 should have been gone weeks ago because he's playing like a freaking zombie. I've never been, uh, I've never seen a team hold on to a zombie like this. Never. I feel you, dude. Um, I, I guess Gordon will be gone when Hackett's gone. Let's let's put it that way. But Zach, today the Denver Broncos. All right, Latavius Murray carried the ball seventeen times. Now I don't have every game's uh, box score in front of me, but that's going to be one of the higher volume of carries for an individual player on this season for the Denver Broncos as a team. All right, they had uh, as far as rush attempts they had 28 rush attempts they had four more rush attempts zach than the raiders obviously not as prolific josh jacobs he's he's a special player and he's especially special <laughs> against the broncos but i liked that and i i think it's no coincidence here zach i don't i don't believe in coincidence that the offense looked better slightly right we're not we're not going out of our uh, minds here to say oh my gosh it was night and day but it, one of the reasons for that was to take some pressure off Russell Wilson by establishing the run and staying committed to it throughout the game, which does open things up. It forces the defense to play you honest. They can't sell out to just rush you snap after snap. I do like the commitment to the running game. Great observation on your part um, that Clint Kubiak employed today. But it's again, it's hard to win with the talent level on the field, even if you call yeah. the correct game. When you have Latavius Murray back, I like Latavius and all, but he's pretty much like a lower-end C.J. Anderson where you can expect three to four carries. He won't fumble. He's pretty consistent. He's an all-around decent workhorse running back. But when you lost Javante Williams and you're whittled down to Melvin Gordon and a bunch of also rams or or just uh, bodies to fill the depth chart, you know, Chase Edmonds comes in and he gets injured. No surprise there with the Broncos training staff. But it's hard to win with those type of running backs. It's hard to win when you have an offensive line. You can take out, you know, Cushionberry from the equation. You can take out any right tackle you want to take out there. They can't get push. They can't sustain push. They're not creating big enough holes for the running backs to run through. And then when you give one of those running backs the ball and they inevitably fumble like they do almost every game, it's just an impossible situation all the way around. The silent one, Jacob Foster, throwing down some stars tonight. Thank you, buddy, on Facebook. We do appreciate it. Zach Lee Butler, we see you. Um, I feel you exactly what you're saying about the O-line getting ignored. I feel you on that. Zach. Um, That's my biggest it. issue with Peyton, by the way. Not necessarily yeah. Hackett or Wilson. It's neglecting the O-line just like Elway did. Let's rapid fire, Scott, through some supers because I see a lot of them stacked up. Let's try and get people uh, – Taken care of here. Proud Pharisee again. Thank you, buddy. Can the fans send a message to ownership by boycotting the games? I bet you the Walmart people will hear that. Yeah, but Broncos country's never going to do that, bro. I mean, Broncos country's ride or die. Boy, boy. Good to see you, big dog. Thank you for the super chat. Another legend saying, pardon me, there's a place where Broncos fans are happy. <laughs> it's the most beautiful place in the whole freaking world. Yeah, I wish that I could go there, too. Um, it's a world that I have not found. He's now, this is a legend, dude. He's, he's dropping bad religion lyrics and a rancid reference in one fail super chat, dude. Props to you. Oh boy. It's, it's tough. Josh plum Bob, six straight losses. L's guys insane. Not six straight to the Raiders. Oh, to the Raiders. Hello. Yeah, of course, dude. And you get swept by Josh McDaniel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my gosh, the ignominy, the hum humiliation, the pit of despair and misery. If nothing else, that's the last straw. Now, maybe the Walton Penners are 
new enough to the scene here, Zach, in the Mile High City to where they don't fully appreciate or perceive the sting of that reality. But they're going to be hearing it, dude. They're going to be hearing it. Miguel, appreciate you, big dog. Naj throwing down. Love you, bro. Hey, I don't know. I'm, I haven't read this yet, but I'm wondering if Naj is fired up or if he's trying to maintain optimism. Let's find out. He says, I think I'm accepting the reality. This roster is one of the worst in football. That or there is an evil eye or curse on the team. That 16 number is seared into my soul. The sequence before the half was the harbinger. You're exactly right, big dog. But let's remember this. It's not a great roster right now. But they have a league-high 15 guys on injured reserve. It became 15 when uh, uh, Jonas Griffith was thrown on IR over the weekend with a sudden foot injury that he suffered during practice on Thursday. Um, what is it? 15, I can't remember the exact figure now, Zach, off the top of my head. I want to say it's $59 million of maybe more than that, though, of salary cap dollars chilling on IR right now. That's going to come out in the wash. And the only way that it doesn't, Zach, is if your quarterback is playing at a transcendent level, which we, we all know Russ ain't. Four games, the Broncos have scored 16 points. Exactly. They've scored over 20 points twice. Twice. 23 and 21. When your highest scoring output is 23 points in a game. In today's NFL, you know, when you have like teams like the Bears and the Lions hanging 30, 35 points, it's not that hard to do, and uh, they just can't cross that threshold. So I agree with you, Naj. 16 will always be a number that haunts the Broncos, at least for this year. And ironically, 16 in 2016 was the last time the Broncos had any sort of a respectable team. I would trade anything you know, for Gary Kubiak and Trevor Simeon right now. Ron Dubb, who had a great article, a couple of great articles over the weekend, uh, throwing down a super to support us here. Appreciate that, bro. He says, this is god-awful. Besides firing Hackett, what can spark this team? Can the offense start to get right with a new OC? I want Gordon off my team now. I think the only thing, I hate to say it, Zach, I hate to say this, but I think the only thing that can really spark anything right now is things getting real by someone's head rolling. You got you to gotta fire somebody. That might spark. It's not a, it's not a uh, perfect science. It's not a perfect fail-safe to get the result that you want. But people need to know that, like, hey, man, it's not just that you're failing to get it done, but you're failing at just a categorical level heretofore unseen. You're presiding over the utter regression of a franchise quarterback, a nine-time Pro Bowler in his 11th year. You get swept by the Raiders uh, with Josh McDaniels, third straight year, by the way, and making it worse these past two years. Last year, Zach, he got swept by an interim head coach, a special teams guy. This year it was Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, you haven't had it easy with the injury bug. That sucks. But let's face it, Zach, the incompetence, the ineptitude was on full display early this season before the full cavalcade of injuries uh, kind of tumbled down upon the Broncos. I have to laugh to keep from crying. Just what the Broncos have Gallows been through. Gallows humor. Yeah, and put themselves through, you know, you know, to put that another way. I don't know that things can improve. If you want to look at it one way, Hackett was pretty much a fire today. If you strip him as OC, I mean, again, he has no other real title other than figurehead, other than head coach of the team, but only in uh, name only. They have too many injuries. The players on the field aren't good enough. I don't think anything at this point can re-spark the Broncos. Um, I think the calendar turning to 2023 would be the best thing to happen to them at this point, sadly. Sadly, Luke Ellis, thank you, buddy. <clears throat> Pardon me for that super chat. Very generous. He said, no reason Melvin or Hackett should spend another week on the sidelines after today. Either way, happy I discovered this show this year. You guys do a great job. Cheers. We appreciate that, Luke. Keep coming back, big dog, because we will. We'll be here uh, on the reg. Lawrence, guys, I left at overtime when the Raiders got the ball. We were looking tired, and I had Christmas lights <laughs> to start putting up. But these guys will do anything they can to save Peyton's players. I'm not sure what you mean by that last one there, bud. But uh, I totally understand. That's another uh, sign of the time, Zach, when a game is still in doubt and it's on the line and the Broncos could win and you got people going home, leaving the stands. Proud Pharisee again. Gordon would have been cut by Manning himself as quarterback. 
if there are players who care, they should make themselves vocals. Hashtag fan boycott. Yeah. Right now, flip a coin, dude. Does Melvin Gordon survive another week in Denver? I think as long as uh, Nathaniel Hackett's the head coach, Melvin Gordon will have a roster. Unless George Payton steps in and makes like an executive call to cut Melvin Gordon. But someone there really likes themselves. Some MG25. And I, I don't under... I have never seen one player who fails at their lone job. When you're a running back, your job is to hold on to the football. I have never seen a player fail so many times and get so many second chances over and over and over again. I would cut him on the spot today if it was up to me, but I feel like as long as his buddy's there, you know, cronyism reigns supreme in Dove Valley chat. The reason why Justin Dalton has a job and pretty much does nothing. So as long as Hackett's there, I think Melvin's going to be there. Austin, Melvin won't get cut. He'll cry and hack it. Exactly, yeah. Bend the knee, Nate. Mike could be. Huero, dude. What's up, Huero? Uh, love you, big dog. He says, this team is second to none in embarrassing its fans. Watching the Raiders wave by, yelling by, naughty word for a female dog, is more infuriating than anything. Yeah, it's bad, dude. It's bad. It's bad. You know, the Broncos, Zach, I think the only way you could live down this this ignominy is if right now you are uh, eight and two and your only two losses came to the Raiders. Then you could survive this but that's not the world we're living in banana dude what up thank you bud saw that that 16 points and i knew it was over the curse of 16 is the strongest curse in the nfl zach yeah it might be the year the broncos went without peyton manning for the first time everyone says elway made a deal with the devil for sb50 you know he sold his soul or the Broncos soul someone's soul got sold for the Broncos to win that game and they haven't even sniffed the playoffs since hopefully you know next year they get over the hump and next year is always next year you know Andrew Lampy thank you buddy he says sigh this team is just too beat up to compete yeah you know what's ironic and George says if we don't cut Gordon all all he does is fumble the irony here too is you know we talk about how do you overcome injuries of this magnitude and I think back to it was a magical season. It didn't end in perfect storybook fashion, but I think back to the 2013 Broncos, and that was a team that was similarly snake bitten by the injury bug. Lost Ryan Clady on offense. You were missing whatever it was, five, six, seven starters on defense in Super Bowl 48. The Bra- Von Miller wasn't in there. Chris Harris wasn't in there. Uh, list goes on, but that team found a way to overcome those injuries by pure force of quarterback. What What is it? Power, um, majesty, juju, Peyton Manning. He was, the, he was the guy that allowed you to overcome and plug those holes. It eventually came out in the wash when you met a ferocious defense in the Super Bowl, but it can be done, is my point. If you have the right horses in the right spots and the Broncos clearly don't Razby says I'd, I'd give more I don't worry about it bro thank you but the Broncos but like the Broncos I can only afford <laughs> that's, that's good, man. Appreciate <laughs> do you think the players have reached the point of apathy Zach for this coaching staff you know I, I see some people in the comments saying the defense quit today you know they just gave up on the team and maybe gave up on the offense or hack it or whatever and the more that I'm thinking about it, how they played in today's game, it was very uncharacteristic of the Broncos to have not one but two major defensive lapses like that where you let the opposing receiver run hog wild free. You never in the clutch. See, you never in the clutch. exactly, exactly. You never see that with Evero. Usually he forces a punt or he does his job to keep PS2 locked up on the number one receiver and PS2 usually erases that number one wide receiver, but Adams popped off today. And maybe that's, you know, Simmons coming back. Like I mentioned earlier, he doesn't look like the same Justin Simmons. They look like they don't have that fire anymore. And you know what? I don't blame them one lick. They've done everything in their power to bail out the Broncos offense, bail out Russell Wilson, bail out Hackett. And the offense for the last five years has never repaid the defense it's it's why we have at the end of every year we're on these podcasts and we talk about a possible like mutiny between the offense and the defense a line yeah. in the sand this is why it happens every single season rock chalk thank you buddy apathy loves company he says six thousand plus no shows today that number will climb at the next home game no doubt broncos country understandably has started to check out another consecutive lost season 
brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. It is brutal. And, you know, unlike years past or recent years, Zach, when the Broncos mathematically began eliminating themselves from January football, one of the things that remained compelling for fans is to see how certain young players came along and like Drew Locke, could Drew Locke turn it around or Trevor Simeon back in the day or even Paxton Lynch. You don't really have that now. I guess there's that curiosity to see if Russell Wilson uh, is this just the new Russell Wilson? Is this just what Russ is now? Or is this a product of the coaching situation? Or is it just a really bad slump? Something going on at home? Maybe there's a curiosity there that'll keep some fans plugged in because Russell Wilson is a superstar, famous athlete. But I don't think it has the same pull, Zach, uh, in, the con- in the context of how this season has unfolded. Ironically, it doesn't have the same pull as oh, you're 3-7 and seven entering uh, week 12, and you got Drew Locke. More fans would be probably more inclined to watch that to see if Drew develops than they are to see how much further Russell Wilson can regress. Yeah, the Broncos hit a point of no return, usually by Thanksgiving every year, where it goes from the current season and winning a meaningless game to next season and, and preparing for the future. And you're right, they don't have many prospects on the offense or defense, for that matter, mostly because they're all playing. Because of injury, you, you don't have anyone waiting in the wings that you have you've waited to unleash that you've mothballed. You know, Dolcich or Benito, they're playing because they have to right now. But this is partly why, even after the rush trade, I wanted Denver to draft a developmental quarterback or an undrafted free agent quarterback, just someone that's in the pipeline that we can see more of. Just a dart throw. You never know what you can have. But the Broncos don't have that, and right now they have an aging Russell Wilson who's. Would middling even be the word to describe him? He's like a little below middling. He's like below below average. That's where Russ is. He's battling through or battled through two injuries. Still want to know what happened with that. How it went from a potentially significant uh, hamstring and and all the other, you know, maladies he dealt with over the course of the season so far. And he's off the injury report. But that's, that's who he is right now. That's what the Broncos have. And there's no one else that's waiting in the wings that can provide us with any hope. We have to just grin and get through the remaining games. Wero says, unless there is a Pat Sertan caliber inside linebacker in the draft, first round picks should be offensive line and the second and the third defense pick the worst game to blow it. Yeah, it, they, it really has that. Go ahead. I just want to say, I see some people questioning whether the Broncos should use a first round pick on a, if they have it, they don't trade it for Sean Payton on an offensive lineman. How could there be any other answer? How could you watch this Broncos team or any Broncos team pretty much since Peyton Manning and come away with the thought that they shouldn't use a premium pick on a right tackle or a center or a left guard? I agree with that previous comment. The first second, well, they don't have a second, but the first three picks the Broncos have need to be addressing the offensive line and right the wrong that both Elway and Peyton have uh, created. And says Simmons and Jackson were out of place most of the night. Yeah, Justin has reverted back to almost Simmons. And uh, did I did I get that wrong? Justin Simmons has reverted back to almost Justin almost Simmons. And Jackson, dude, you want to talk about washed? This guy, I think he can still be a help to you as a dimebacker, right? When he's working, like if I were this team, I would stop playing Kareem Jackson at safety. And if you're gonna play him make him your nickel and let PJ Locke play safety. Cause he just Jackson just doesn't, I don't know if it's the hops that he's missing now, Zach, if it's the Twitch, if it's just overall how father time degrades us all. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't have what it takes to be that last line of defense anymore. Deanna, thank you. My friend, she says, hit the like button on the way in. Yes, we would appreciate it. Gang. Hashtag MHH for life. Gordon needs to go pull in an offensive line for next year. It's very disappointing. I know it's tough too, man, because now we're going into Thanksgiving and and you want to have, you know, positive note. But at the same time, we're, we're used to this, I guess. Yeah, it's the same movie every year. And we, uh, we all know how it ends, unfortunately. Thank you, Deanna. Um, I forgot, I forgot what the uh, previous question was, but we'll go on. Ben says, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. If I have a funny feeling if Caden Stearns was healthy, Chad, talking about Kareem Jackson and Simmons, 
KJ wouldn't be starting. He would be phased out as a backup or, like you said, a dime backer. Caden Stearns looked like a baller in Evero's defense. It's a shame that hip injury will probably keep him on IR for the remainder of the year, but they do need to make a switch. I don't care if it's even Delarian Turner yell, the -hmm. rookie. KJ is not cutting the mustard out there in the back end. So for all the changes as far as the offensive play caller and having a more balanced attack, right, with 28 rushes, uh, to how many attempts? Uh, Thirty-one pass attempts. That's pretty. That's pretty well balanced. Look, this is really the story of the day for the Denver Broncos offensively. Is once again they sucked on third down. Now their opponent wasn't any better. I mean, barely by two percentage points. So the the Raiders converted three of eleven for twenty uh, twenty-seven percent conversion rate on third down. The Broncos went three for 25 percent conversion uh, in the red zone. They went one of two because that Melvin Gordon fumble and then Brandon McManus gets his kick blocked. Uh, but this right here, Zach, it until they figure this third down business out, all everything else kind of flows from that. If you can't convert on third down, you can't sustain drives, then you're not going to get into the red zone. So that's the that's a disappointing finish. Uh, three for 12 for Clint Kubiak's debut. 407 net yards by the Raiders against Evero's defense. That was tops in um, passing. I think he was second in total yards as well. So just a very sort of letdown performance by the defense. But if you look at the underlying factors, being on the field so often, the injuries mounting, and also maybe a bit of apathy or resentment from the defensive players to their offensive counterparts, you see why this stinker took place. And you know what? Again, I'm so freaking sick of Max Crosby. Before Max, it was any time the Broncos drew the Raiders, Khalil Mack would have a career day. Now it's Max Crosby. Phil, appreciate you, buddy. He says, I'm lost for words. There are so many things wrong with this team. It's mind-boggling. And it's mind-bottling. You know, when when your thoughts get all trapped up in your mind like like a bottle, you know, it's mind-bottling. What is that from, Zach? Uh, It's Will Ferrell, but... Isn't that Blades, Blades of, Glory? of Glory? Blades of Glory. It's your favorite movie, Chad. That's how you fall asleep. That's right. <laughs> Zach, Zach will never forget that. Uh, proud Pharisee keeps throwing down. Um, when we were in Indianapolis a couple years ago for the for the combine, and Zach and I shared a room. I'm a guy that falls. I don't. I can't just lay in the darkness and fall asleep. If I'm in the dark, it's the opposite. My mind will just like try to create stimulus. All right. I have to have some sort of like white noise going. And uh, so, you know, I get my favorite movies going or whatever, and I nod out. And I think that's the one that was playing <laughs> in the Indian Zach's like, what the heck's going on here? Well, at least you had a bed. I was sleeping on a tarp <laughs> on the floor. Well, this is the way the, the trip shook out because you were a late addition. Yeah. We, flipped, we flipped a coin. Uh, Todd Ostendorf. Thank you, bro. Todd, dude, a super chat? Bro, thank you, big dog. Great to see that support. You know, we love it and appreciate you, my friend. All right, we are at 38 minutes. Um, trying to think any of the other topics tonight that we haven't landed on. Let's let's grab uh wow, let's Deanna, grab Deanna's third super chat to get us juiced in the right direction. She says, Thank you, Deanna. Seriously, we love you, appreciate you. By the way, we told you to se- uh, send us an email last week with your shipping address so we could send you a little thank you for being so supportive. And I don't think we ever heard from you. So milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'd like to just send you out a little thank you for your support. She says, I'm hoping Gordon and Hackett both get fired tomorrow, make Clint Kubiak interim head coach, go after an O-line for next season. Still love my Broncos, but dang, my heart is hurting. We will struggle through this, guys. You You guys are awesome. MHH for life. Thank you. We will. We've been doing it for years and years, you know. We'll, we'll make it through it. We'll maintain that uh, glass half full optimism in terms of it can be, it can change. The Broncos can get the right equation, figure things out to become a winning product again. But uh, barring some kind of epic miracle this season is, you know, you, you can pour the glass out, Zach, because this season's pretty much toast. You're three and seven and you haven't even faced the Chiefs yet. All aboard the struggle bus. 
That's what you're, you'll find us as the conductors, the drivers, whatever you call them. And uh, we're happy to have on anyone with us for the ride. We're used to this by now, being mired in misery, but we're happy that we get to communicate with you guys, interact with you guys. It truly makes another dreadful season actually, um, uh, you know, we, it look, gives us something to look forward to. It's pleasurable in a way. Yep. That's why we keep showing up, honestly. Jordan, what's up, dude? Thank you, buddy. He says, uh, something my dad used to say, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's funny, dude, because um, my kids will tell you that they can handle the old man being spitting mad and yelling and hollering. But if I drop the I'm disappointed line that that for whatever reason, that hurts them more. It's like or makes them, you know, respond more. I guess uh, Jordan says this game hurt. Can't handle being swept by the Raiders. I know, dude. And it's it's even worse because it was Josh McDaniels. I can picture him right now running around the stadium at the final gun saying, we own you, we own you, we own you, Tanner. Fire Hackett now. What does Hackett even do now for this team that he's not calling plays? Uh, he's just another guy now, and it's stupid. You have to be kidding me. All we had to do was run and keep the clock running. Hashtag terrible. Tanner, you're awesome. Love you, big dog. You've been with us a long time. Much love and respect. Yeah, Zach, and that's another thing is on that last play in, in regulation, or not or not play, the last, the second to last possession in regulation. So not the meaningless Hail Mary stuff where they're trying to go the distance in 19 seconds or whatever, but that previous drive where Russell Wilson and Clint Kubiak and that offense, they could have slammed the door on the Raiders if they converted on third down. And they decided to throw it. And it was just a wasted play. Russ had to throw it out of bounds. And that was a whatever it was, it was a bad design. It didn't work out. But you also have to question at that point because you stopped the clock yourself. Why didn't you, if you're Russell Wilson, if I remember that play right in the back of my mind, I'm seeing him bail out right. And he, I know he was under pressure, but like just try to keep going, dude. Like stay in bounds or hand the ball off and don't call the play that you did. It just bought Vegas more opportunities. How about Hackett not using a timeout sooner uh, toward the end of regulation to just maybe get the ball back for your offense? It's things like that. You know, it's just you have it or you don't as a head coach, and clock mismanagement was something that plagued Hackett's predecessor in Vic Fangio, and to an extent, VJ as well. Maybe there's a thing about first-time head coaches. The Broncos just can't pick from that well, but we've all seen that Hackett can hack it as an OC or as a head coach, and I think he basically fired himself when you take away play calling duty, if he did it voluntarily, you know, I don't know if Peyton stepped in and said, listen, Nate, you got to give it up. We got to try something new. Or if Nathaniel Hackett, one last olive branch to Peyton and all his superiors saying, listen, I'll do this. I want my job this bad. Let's see if it changes anything, but it's a no win situation because if you give play calling up, and Russell Wilson suddenly looks night and day better, it means that you weren't good enough with that quarterback. And if even if not, you give it up, you're showing that you were not good enough to do the job you were hired to do. You were hired to be the OC. You were hired to be a defensive mastermind, or now I'm used to talking about Fangio, offensive mastermind, guru, offensive savant, to quote Peter King. He couldn't be further from that. So if you fail in that regard, what else does Hackett provide for you as a head coach? Nothing. That's why he's been a career assistant. So I'm, I'm in agreement with the comment. What does he do now besides tell people that he's the Broncos head coach? Well, John, we'll, we'll address that. Thank you for the super chat. We will address, is it time to cut loose Hackett? I want to throw the devil's argument at you, Zach, on the topic of Hackett's um, utility, what value he brings to the table now that he's not calling plays. And it was in that Pelissero article that broke the news that Clint Kubiak had been given play calling duties. There was a little anecdote at the bottom of the article reminding everybody that, hey, Nick Sirianni, what didn't go so well for him early on in Philly last year, gave up play calling, turned the ship around, and now cut to this season, they're a juggernaut. That's the argument. It, like, well, if it works out, because uh, no one's going to pick nits right now in terms of his viability as a head coach Nick Sirianni I think that's maybe kind of what they were thinking they're like deluding themselves into thinking that was probably like what it was the best case scenario is he would follow somehow in Sirianni's footsteps but 
these situations, Zach, they're so different. What Denver's dealing exactly. with now compared to Philly last year. Yeah, nothing against you, but I don't buy that argument for a second. Because I've had people in my comments on Twitter as well say that, you know, uh, it's a good thing, you know, because it worked out for Nick Sirianni. Just because it worked out for Sirianni does not mean it's going to work out for Nathaniel Hackett. Every team, every situation is completely unique. And if you look at Philadelphia's setup, they have a franchise quarterback. They have a much better roster right now. And they just have a better way of doing things with that offensive coaching staff. So it's like hiring Eric Mangini because he was around Belichick or McDaniels because he was around Belichick and expecting to get Belichick. Every coach is different. And I don't think the Broncos have the next Sirianni in Hackett. More likely they have the Kurt of the next uh, Freddie Kitchens in Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I agree on that subject before we, and Robert here, I'll just grab Robert. And then I'll tell you what I was going to, what I was going to say. He says, I flew 3000 miles round trip from Nevada a four thousand dollar car ho- car hotel and flights and lost again, but still love the Broncos. Had a good time with my wife. See that end that the last two things you said there, you know that's the bottom line. You had a good time. At least it was a competitive game. If nothing else, guys, at least these games are competitive. It's not like the Broncos are going out there and getting blown out of the water, game in and game out. I mean, they are getting blown out of the water in a certain sense, in that their opponents are always out executing out coaching them in one form or another when the chips are down but at least the games are competitive but zach try as i might i cannot think of one redeeming reason to hold on to nathaniel hackett here we are 10 games into the season you got seven more to go one good reason or one good argument for nathaniel hackett do you have anything on that front i got nothing He's not a master motivator. He's not a master tactician. He doesn't really have any other expertise on any other side of the ball, you know, offense or defense. He's a failure as a head coach. And if you keep him around, you're sending a dangerous message that you're harboring or enabling or putting up with even a failure. You have to strive to be a championship team. The Pat Bowlen standard should have never went away, but it did. And I'm so mad and frustrated for fans Uh, like we just showed, who spend thousands of thousands of their hard-earned dollars in this economy, in these times, to watch their favorite football team, and they're being let down on a consistent weekly basis. I don't feel bad for the millionaires on the field. I don't feel bad for Hackett, who's getting paid multi-millions, or Peyton, or Rob Walden, or Greg Penner. I feel bad for you guys in Broncos country who go to every game and scream your heads off and walk out disappointed. It sucks. Buy the merch. You know, pay for the parking. Uh, patronize the, uh, you know, buy your hot dogs, your pretzels, your, your beer, your whatever, you know, it, it adds up and it's, and do that instead of doing something else with your time or money, you know, you're giving it to the Broncos. You could be up in the mountains, snowboarding. You'd be doing a lot of different things. 19 EHF saying this team is the 2019 Browns, all the off season hype and none of the regular season wins. I thought all we needed was a QB. We were one QB away. Well, it turns out we were one QB and a head coach away. Maybe that was the the correct equation. Ed, I feel sick. Only good thing is I'll be in Denver in three weeks. Hackett needs to, to go. Same with Gordon. So three weeks, you're going to one of the games. That's cool, bro. Hopefully it, it turns out better for you than it did for Robert and, and Lawrence, who were there today. But uh, we're right there with you, big dog. It's a sickening feeling right now. The realization, the cold, hard, brutal realization that this is not only a three, three and seven team, but a three and seven team with a two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback, and you got swept by Josh McDaniels Raiders. And sixty million dollars is tied up on injured reserve right now. It's literally whatever could have gone wrong this year has gone wrong. It's <sighs> Slaves to Murphy's Law. Kudos jumping in. Thank you, my friend. I'm so done that even people saying at least we blank or the bright spot is blank. Like, no, there's no bright spot. Stop the participation award. BS. Win. Yeah. But you know what? I love football. And so even in a loss or an embarrassing situation like this, I'm going to want to think and break down and talk about and discuss how the running back looked, how the cornerback looked, how the coaching calls came in, uh, because we're just sick 
maniacs about football. All right. And so hopefully that's why you're with us too, my friend. We're not making excuses. We're not trying to, um, you know, pass the buck or, or hide from the cold realities of this being a terrible losing product, but we love watching football. Pharisee says, my mindset, I just want to see Russell show that he can consistently put points, uh, run a point scoring offense. I don't care about the season anymore. So that's really where it's at now, guys, is, and I agree with you, actually, Proud Pharisee. Right now, it's how, how much of Russell Wilson is redeemable. You know, has he, has he reached a point of no return, Zach? Or is there something there that a better coaching staff, a more competent fit, uh, can, can redeem and suss out and get back to that nine-time Pro Bowl caliber version of Russ? I don't think we'll know that until we uh, see what he can do with another head coach, because obviously what he's doing with Hackett or Alton or Clint Kubiak isn't working. And I just want to address the previous comment for a second. Yeah, of course, winning is always the standard. You want to win football games, but looking at things realistically at three and seven right now, it's not going to matter much unless they win out to win football games. I'm not saying they should lose, but you have to turn the page at some point and really focus on next season, 2023. So it's okay. If you want to take the silver linings like, oh, Damari Mathis looked really good out there in coverage today. He can be your cornerback too. You know, long-term, you might want to move on from Darby in the offseason, let's say, or eventually you got to start finding the talent that you want to keep for next year and beyond and the talent that you want to weed out going into the next offseason. Well said. David says, I'll always be a Broncos fan with a super chat. You're awesome, David. We love you, big dog. Ted says the Denver Broncos are now four and 25 in their last 27 against the Raiders and chiefs. These games are automatic losses. Yeah, it's brutal, big dog. It's brutal. And that's the ultimate litmus test is where do you stand in your division? And that says a lot right there. And uh, this is a team that could honestly, I mean, last year, Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember one victory is all that kept the Denver Broncos from actually being fully swept in the division. It was a it was a win against Herbert and the Chargers. Um, they, I, I mean, I don't see any reason why not to expect a full sweep this year of your Denver Broncos in the AFC West. I don't know when the last time it was that that happened, but golly, that's brutal. Hey, Scott. Uh, <laughs> I I was um, but Ted, hey, welcome, dude. Thank you for that super chat. We appreciate it, big dog. You know. Um... It seems like the only success the Broncos have is against the Chargers lately in the West, and you're right. It could be because the Chargers are kind of heating up. Herbert's getting healthier, and uh, they already have one victory against the Broncos this year. So as sad as it is, you're right. I wouldn't be surprised to see a sweep in the West, and when you bring in a quarter-billion-dollar quarterback and the savant as the head coach and you go winless against your divisional opponents that all have different quarterbacks and head coaches, that is a direct indictment. On those involved. Yeah. Proud Pharisee is Justin out and just a make a wish. <laughs> OC. <laughs> Mike could be. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to make that wish. My friend BA would say Mike could be uh, Z tag fun. Thank you for the money. Big dog. Um, Cody Potter Denver since the Super Bowl, 42 wins, 65 losses, 11 wins, 28 losses in the division, 7 and 6 versus the Chargers, 4 and 10 versus Vegas, 0 and 12 versus KC, FML, <laughs> hashtag 2023, FML indeed. If you know what it means, you know what it means. Uh, Friendly Giant, another disappointing game, but we can always count on MHH, our MHH priests to get us through. Have y'all considered a mashup video of best podcast moments? You know what? You have considered it. Um, it's a lot of work. Maybe we'll cons- maybe we'll do it at the at the end of the season. We'll come up with something. But uh, thank you for the for the ideas, my friend. Um, okay, Zach, we're at fifty four minutes. Scott, unless you see any like burning last thing we haven't covered here, uh, gang. My parting message to you is: enjoy your Thanksgiving. Do the best you can to enjoy and take and take. Uh, you know, sh- show gratitude in the great things that you do have in your life. And even your fanhood in the Broncos is a great thing. I'm sure it brings you together uh, with other fans, brings you together with us. We appreciate that uh, aspect of fanhood, okay? It's not going great for your team, but, hey, a lot of good things to be grateful for in this, the world, the day and age that we live. A lot of crazy things going on, but 
we're very, very blessed. So I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, hopefully the Broncos give you a better one next year. Yeah, very well said. Um, it's still a game. You know, it's a football game when you boil it down. It shouldn't take too much of your emotion or take too many of your faculties. It shouldn't take your aliveness away as a person. So we have a big major holiday coming up. You spend it with friends and family. It's a good occasion. It's a good time. Don't let the Broncos bring you down. It's been a tough year for everyone inside or outside football. So like Chad, I hope you guys all have an amazing Thursday. Hey, Zach, let's grab this from Naj that we missed a few minutes ago. He said, ultimately, and thank you, bro, for another super chat. Love you, Naj. Ultimately, we have absolutely no running game, he says, and no game changers at receiver. I'm really shocked at how horribly wrong this season has gone. Russ has seven touchdowns this year. Wow. I can't wrap my head around it. Just devastating. I know, dude. It, it really is. It's a, it's, it defies – it really is like uh, you look up the definition of the word inexplicable. That's where we're at. You can't explain it. And, and it's so bad the other way. Like, here's here's the level of expectation. And then here's where the Broncos, you, you know, they're completely off the map in terms of meeting anything about – meeting any, like, viable expectation. Russell Wilson, when you, when you shook the universe by trading away the farm to get him and then extended him, it's a gamble because if you don't – if that doesn't come out in the wash in the form of victories – Zach, it can really hamstring you, your club for years and years. And the early returns looks like it was categorically the wrong decision. Randy says, same as last year, coaching, 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 Zach. Yeah, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I had two immediate thoughts when I saw that Devontae Adams walk off. My first thought was, what just happened? My second thought was, fire Hackett. You know what I didn't say there was, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Or I'm so surprised because I'm not at this point. You know, however, the Broncos find a way to lose games and snatch defeat from the jaws of victory doesn't shock me anymore. You know, it's I want it for you guys. I want it for Broncos country. I thought the Broncos would be relevant and exciting in a playoff team this year. Didn't work out that way. We just have to keep trudging forward and analyzing the team as they come to us and hope that next year is a lot better. But changes have to be made, Chad. Talk about the training staff, maybe even the head coach. There are certain defensive personnel, offensive personnel. This is not a team, looking back on it in hindsight, that was ever one quarterback and head coach away. They had a lot more holes uh, than I think we we took for granted. Uh, What's going to keep me up tonight isn't that the Broncos lost, isn't that they're three and seven, it's that they've been swept by the Raiders led by Josh McDaniels. That's the toughest thing for me. Uh, As someone who goes all the way back to uh, the early 80s, as far as Broncos country is concerned, that's just tough pill to swallow. But, Zach, let's sign off for tonight, and we'll see everybody for the aftermath tomorrow. Yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in to the gut reactions to the Broncos' loss to the Raiders. Another year where the Raiders broke the brooms out against Denver, unfortunately. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is, huddleuppod.com. Check out the merch when you can. And also be sure you're liking and following facebook.com slash milehuddlepod. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But as you see ticking below you, please sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. <laughs> we will be talking to you again, obviously, before Thanksgiving, but have a great start to your do the best you can to put this in the rear view and focus on whatever Thanksgiving means to you. Um, but shout out to these great super chat superstars tonight for supporting us in a terrible time of a terrible, terrible era of Broncos football. It's a it's a long list. Snarky, uh, Chris Chances, Jess, Jonathan, Chris, Deanna. Proud Pharisee, David Wilder, Garth Knight, Oi Boy, Plum Bob, Naj, Ron Dub, Luke, Wero, Banana Dude, Austin, Zach, uh, Raz Beans, Rock Chalk. Uh, let's see here. Todd Ostendorf, uh, Jordan, Tanner, John Clay, Robert, 19 EHF, Ed, Kudos, David McCow- M- McElrath, uh, Ted, 
let's see, Doug Smith in the house. If Bowen was still owner, he said he would uh, hack it be gone tomorrow. You're probably right. Uh, Jay Taylor. Uh, hey, Z-Tag Fun, the Seahawks fan, giving money to a Broncos channel. Love it, dude. Thank you. Cody Potter, Friendly Giant, and David. And then on Facebook, Randy Jones, shout out to you, big dog. Up in uh, Alaska, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. Ben Wallman, Phil McLaughlin, Jacob Foster, Andrew Lampy, Lawrence Rivera, Miguel, George, Patrick, much love and respect. You know, Seahawks fans in the comments, they have a reason to talk. We'll see how Geno Smith holds up ultimately this year. But Raiders fans trolling us right now, y'all haven't won a playoff game in two decades. So uh, you can flex if you want, thump your chest. Your coach is still Josh McDaniels. And uh, once again, it's been 20 years since you last won a playoff game. But that was the Gut Reaction Podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.